0: For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: What's going on, everybody? Let's go ahead and jump into it.
0: You got to give a lot just to get what you need sometimes, y'all. Give me the bridge now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another amazing episode of Ringside with Ray and Prince. Today, we got special guests. We got one of my best friends, Michael Devereaux, two-time World Series champion, Orioles legend, uh, uh, Arizona <laughs> State legend. And this this is, is one of my guys, and we go way, way back, too far back. We, we got too many stories. But today, we just want to just get into, into, into his life and talk about the Braves, what's going on with the Bravos and this playoff series and – and, Talk about his journey to to get from Wyoming to major leagues and, and play in LA and play in Atlanta and, and in Baltimore, man. Devo, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me, man. Good to see you, Ray. You're right. We go we've gone away, way, way back we go. I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> How you doing, Chris? I'm doing amazing, man. Y'all go way, way, way back back in the time, baby. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'll know yeah. you were Ray, but twenty. Wow! Yeah, yep, I, I, was, I
0: was a baby. I was a baby. So, <laughs> man, what's the what, what, real yeah. quick? What's the age
1: difference? If y'all been on each other for twenty years, what's Wait, the age t- difference? Twelve years. Yeah, but
0: oh, I just turned. Ooh, well, I just yeah.
1: turned sixty. Yeah, no, it's ten years. Yeah, I'll be. I'll be fifty. Okay, you know, there you no, go. No, next, next month. Yeah, yep, so Oh 10 man! Years. So I can only yeah, imagine it's... a ten-year gap, <laughs> and, and 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 that's like, and like that's like me and Prince
0: that's right, my, Prince, Prince is there like ten go. years younger
1: than me. Exactly. I, was exactly. Like 12. I, can only, I can only imagine what was going on at that time. <laughs> He's showing <laughs> you the ropes. He got access to everything. <laughs> hey,
0: before before we go down that rabbit hole, let's let's talk about about Devo and, and his love for baseball because Devo was was a multi sport, you know, all, all uh, state star. In Wyoming so tell us tell us about you growing up in Wyoming because I know it wasn't a whole bunch of brothers in Wyoming when you was growing up.
2: No there wasn't many and you know me being born and raised in Wyoming I, I didn't know much about what was outside of uh of Casper Wyoming so my father my mother I have two brothers and a sister you know we we're all born and raised up there uh except my, my oldest sister but uh played all the sports and uh all, all the growing up played four sports in uh, high school baseball was always my favorite because it was in the summer and summers were so short. And uh, I, uh, football was uh, i love football also. That was actually a sport I got drafted or I got uh, scholarships in But baseball was my dream. And my father coached me from the time I was five years old up until I was 16.
0: Wow. wow. So, so when, when did you know that you were better than everybody else? Because, you know, we asked that question to, to some of the other athletes that we have on and, Everybody had their different journeys. Like some people like, man, I didn't know till my senior year, then I, I changed. But it's no some people are like, yeah, when I when I came out my draws, I was good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I didn't I didn't know. All I did was play the game for fun. You know, I, I was having fun. I knew I was good, but I didn't know exactly where I where it was taking me. I knew I loved the game and I just continuously played and played and played. You know, I never went to any big league ball games, never saw any minor league ball games. And I just played the game until next thing you know, uh I got drafted and played a couple years in the minor leagues and got the call up to the bigs. And it was, I, I I just really didn't know, it just kind of happened.
1: When, when you get that call call up um to, to the bigs, you know, th- there's a difference between um the double A, AA, the triple A, and then you, you get the phone call. What was it like? What was going on with you? Because I, when I got drafted to the Baltimore Ravens, it's it's not exactly the same thing, you know. You're going from college and then to the NFL, but you get that phone call and it's just like, yeah, who is this? Yeah, right on. Okay, all right then, man, I'm coming. Look, you you made a good a good decision in drafting me because right now I'm about to go out there and do my best and give it my all. So, what was that feeling like?
2: Well, I I, I spent two years in AA and my first year in AA, I, I did pretty good, mm-hmm. and I thought I should have been promoted up to AAA, which I which I didn't. And so I got sent back down to Double A, which I, I actually did any better. I didn't know what was in the cards for the Dodgers. All I knew is that I had to play better than I was playing. And uh, that year in AA, which was 87, at the end of the season, I ended up getting called up to AAA, which was in Albuquerque. And they were in the playoffs. So they're going to have an extra two weeks of playing through the season. And this is like the beginning of September. And uh, my second day in Albuquerque, I got the call from Tommy Lasorda. Mm-hmm. And at this point in time, I had never played. I'd never seen a big league baseball game at all live. I'd never seen one. And Tommy uh, gives me a call and he says, hey, son, you ready to come up to the big leagues? And it surprised me. I mean, I was totally surprised. And I said, uh, yeah, hell yeah, I'm ready to go up there. And so that next day, which was my first day in the big leagues, I was playing right field uh, in Dodger Stadium in front of like 40,000 people. So that was my first big league game I'd ever seen.
0: Uh, look, Man, but I on, on, Man, before we, yeah, well, I, I want to go back to that after because I, I want to I talk about you know the whole process of you know because baseball is different. You can actually get drafted in high school and mm-hmm. still go to college and play, and that, unlike you can do in NFL. But what was that like to figure out what, where you were going with college and you knew that you know uh, you had to make some decisions about. What school are you going to go to and, and if baseball was going to be your, your, your future?
2: Well, I started out when, when I was playing American Legion ball in Wyoming. That's, uh, we didn't have high school baseball, so we had American Legion. And our team in Casper was the best team in the state. We always won. My brothers and I were on the same team, uh, except my last year because I'm the youngest one. And I was going to go to Arizona State. I was going to follow in my brother's footsteps who both went to Arizona State. And uh, that's where I planned on going. And my father had sent each of us to Arizona State's baseball camp our senior years in high school. And uh, when I got there, it was my turn to go to the camp. Both my brothers had left Arizona State. And uh, I was there with uh, – there's like five other junior college schools that were there helping doing the coaching for the, uh, for the camp. And one of the coaches was going to Mesa Community College. And he said to me, he said, don't get lost in the crowd at Arizona State like your brothers did go to a juco which he said not necessarily my juco but just go to where you can play every day and we'll get won't get lost in the crowd so i ended up going to his school which was mesa community college which is like six miles away from arizona state and uh ended up uh winning third in the country junior college world series and uh got drafted or next year i went there uh i went to uh mesa also my freshman or my sophomore year And I got drafted by the Cleveland Indians in the 26th round, and I was kind of mad. You know, I got offers of scholarships: Wichita State and Colorado State, and uh, what Mississippi State. And I said I wasn't going to go to Arizona State because they dog my brothers out, and I'm not going to go there. And Arizona State gives me a full ride. I go, okay, I'm there. So,
0: (laughs) 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 that money was talking. Look look, look, at that money talking, man.
2: I'm not going to Arizona State. Here, you want to go to this? Go. I'm gone. So that's how I ended up there. So,
0: but nice. you get there, and and you have a team and, and teammates that are, you know, become some of the, the best players in, in in the world. What what was that like? So, when you're going up against certain players, like I knew when I was in college playing ball, I was like, oh yeah, this, this cat is real. He he a little bit different than everybody else, and then everybody else is good, but this cat is is, is exceptional. What was that like?
2: Yeah, that, that's true, because in high school, I was definitely, you know, the top, top of the line. And, and uh, then and once I get to college, you know, you get those peers that you start to match up with them. And, you know, with the likes of Odeby McDowell, McDowell, Barry Bonds, uh, Don Wakamatsu was there. I mean, we were the number one team in the nation the entire year. And, uh, you know, it, we we had a great team and we knew it. And it just a matter of just going out there and competing and just uh, – doing whatever I could do for myself. And, and those guys that were there helped me out. You know, it, it was just a lot of fun being good. And it's fun to be on a, on a winning team. And, and it was a blast, man. Uh, like I said, we we're number one team in the country all year until we got to the World Series and we got beat down. So <laughs> <laughs> small ball beat us. Fullerton State, I think, oh. beat us. Yeah, so that's how it goes
1: sometimes. That's usually how it happens, man. That's yeah. <laughs> what, what? What? So, you you have these individuals, uh, that your teammates, you know, that that were some the best in the in the game, and um, they go off to have some really good careers. Did you, when you were there, did you feel like, I know I'm going to make it to the league as well? When you were in college. Uh, did you have that mindset like, OK, well, I know that Barry is going to make it. I know Mike is going to make it. I know all these individuals are going to make it. I know I'm going to make it. How did you feel uh, at that moment and at that time? Did you feel that way? It's funny because I you know, come from Wyoming. I didn't I didn't understand how the system actually worked.
2: So all I knew is that I all I could do is play the game. And I knew mm-hmm. I, was, I was doing pretty good. Um, yeah. My senior year at Arizona State was a lot better than my my uh, my junior year. And I see these guys getting drafted, but, um, my senior year was pretty good. And I didn't know I got drafted in the 26th round, uh, by Cleveland. And that's, you know, I think the signing bonus was there, like a warm glass of water, but seriously. Um, and, uh, so I went to figure I'd go finish school and tell them, you know, what could happen after that. So all I was doing is playing. I really didn't have much of a clue on, on, uh, on the full scale the you know, of how, of how it all worked. And, um, once I, uh, I got drafted uh, in the fifth round, I was like, whoa, fifth round by the Dodgers? And, you know, the Dodgers? I was, I was pretty excited about that.
0: And, and then I ended up guess. going to
2: rookie ball up in Montana. I'm like, here I go again, right back in Miami. I have
0: no idea. I want to circle back to that, man. It's like, all right, uh, the Dodgers, now i got to go to rookie ball in Montana. Yeah. But, but then they pull you up. And, and so you don't. Know, you, you already talked about your first game, uh, your first time out to a major league stadium. You're you're out in right field for the freaking Dodgers, right? Like, what, what was that like? Well, uh,
2: the first time, I mean, obviously in, in LA, we're on the field first, so I get out there, and you know, it has five decks in Dodger Stadium, and I mean, it's just huge, and I'm just totally amazed by what I was actually seeing, and then. All of a sudden, first pitch is about to be thrown. I'm like, hey, you better you know, get a grip right here because it's about to happen right now. So I had to really settle down in a hurry. And uh, it was it was very exciting. Uh, Don Carmen was the pitcher. We we're playing against the the Phillies. And uh, I my first at bat, I said, if this ball is anywhere close, I'm swinging. I don't care. I'm swinging. <laughs> and he threw me a strike. I swung, hit it up the middle for my, my, my first base hit in the big leagues. On the first pitch, and I was like, "Oh, got that out of the way." So then it started rolling, I started getting comfortable uh, with the team. Everybody was so cool up there, you know, We had uh, Hersizer, uh SOsa, Mike Marshall, uh, Pedro Guerrero, uh, Mike Davis. Uh, There's just a lot of great guys up there
0: that uh, Steve Sachs, I mean you, you, you come on this, to this team, uh, you' a little rookie. Basically, you know, the young buck out there on, on this monster team in 87 and you, know, you guys make a run. And then that next year things, things get, get real, real interesting. So so what was that like?
2: Now, that was now that was really fun. Um, uh, Mickey Hatcher was a, another guy that was on that team. And uh, we called ourselves the stunt man because. The guys that weren't starters, which is like myself and Mickey Hatcher, we'd always come in late in the games and be the the, the heroes, really. But this is like in September; they've always done their business, so we had T-shirts made about the stunt man. We never get our, you know, our props and all that. But uh, you know, being in LA, going from city to city, and and and, and winning, uh, then ended up making the playoffs. And uh, I mean, there's nothing obviously you guys know there's nothing better than winning, and that's exactly what we're doing out in LA in the, in the, in the big city in Hollywood. I mean, it was, uh, but i was so young. I didn't really know what was going on. I mean, let me go back there when I'm a veteran is totally different story, but just being a kid out there, I was just happy
1: to be there. You you know, for me, Mike, when I, when I played, I was just like you, I just played and wherever the, the, the chips may fall, they just fall. And I didn't really understand the business side of the game. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, did you struggle with learning the business side of the game or, uh, you know, once you were able to get uh, that, that playing regimen underneath your belt, then did you get into business What, or did you just come in and you figured out things and, and the older the vets, you know, they pretty much gave you the game?
2: Well, I definitely listened to the vets. I mean, they they understand more. I mean, sitting back and, and watching them play and uh, watching how they go about their business. Is is how I kind of followed them. I knew they're a good ball club. I knew there's a lot, you know, veterans on the team, and that's how that's how I learned. And actually, coming up through the minor leagues, you know, in spring training, you hang out with some of the big leaguers also, and you'd learn a lot of part about the business of the game, and that that also helps before you get up there. And it's not like you get up there and they don't know who you are. They've seen you through years of minor league ball. So uh, so once you get up there, it's it's not like uh, I mean, once you can get through. The fact that you're in the big leagues and all these big league ball players, then then, then it's pretty cool. Uh, But after I've been there, you know, you start you start understanding it and it starts, uh, you know, getting to be more routine, knowing the fact that there's somebody else trying to get your job, but you have to keep working and you can never you can never be satisfied with how good you actually are.
1: Man, you know, but baseball. I'm, I'm. I'm. Before I pass it over to Ray, uh baseball is a sport that you have to practice pretty much every day, <laughs> mm-hmm. every single day. You know, it's not like football where you can take a little, a uh, uh, you know, a couple of day breaks, and so you, you can let your body recover. But baseball is completely different, it's completely different than all the other sports. How do you stay in it? How do you stay motivated when you know that someone else is going to come and take your job and and get out there and play? Uh, on the days when you don't feel like it.
2: Yeah, and that definitely happens. I, you know, Baseball is a game of failure, and you have to deal with failing and understand how to, how, how to uh, get better at it uh, or out of dealing with it. And uh, I, I, I've learned in this game when I was playing that you always have to find something good that you do, did that particular day because you play every day. In football, I, I think that's kind of tough because if I have a bad day in football, I have, I have that entire week to, to think about it. In baseball, if, if I get jacked up, do something wrong, the next day I can take care of it. I can deal with it and I get right back on track. And, and I like that aspect of, of that part of the game where every day I might strike out three times, but did I make a good catch? Did I prevent a run? I always try to find out something good that I did with the game. And hopefully, hopefully every day you can find that out.
0: See, D- Devo, D- Devo is one of the most cerebral players. You know, we always would argue talk about baseball compared to football. I, I, I finally, I finally agree with you, man. Baseball is, is, tougher in that mental aspect in that space to, to keep going with it. It's like one, one of our buddies would say, Prince, like, that, yeah, if, if he could hit, then he could play in a play in a major leagues. It's like, what? <laughs> if you could hit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. hit, hit what? <laughs> yeah. you're, not hit, you're not hitting the 95 mile an hour uh, ball coming from Earl Hairston, so you're not doing that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. But 88, you go through early on in your career, win win a World Series. Uh, you no, know, how, how how do you manage those expectations after that? <laughs> you know, you come in your second year basically, and, and you win the World Series.
2: Well, the the next thing you want to do after winning the World Series like that is win it again. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's, that's your main objective after that, because once you realize how great of a time that you're having, and I wasn't up the whole time with the team either, but as it, 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 it's, it's, it's fun as that is to do that, you want to do it again and again and again and again, just, just to get there, because it's not easy to get the playoffs as it is. So now to, to actually win it and, and the, the, the joy of the parties after winning the division, winning the league, then winning the world series. There's just a party that gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And the city's happy. You know, there's nowhere you can go where people aren't happy or excited. And it's, it's just a lot of fun.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help for your financial to do's bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
1: <laughs> I remember now I'm still
2: young now. so I didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> I tried my best to think yeah. that I did, but I didn't. Right. I didn't feel later in my life.
1: <laughs> OK, well, well, so, should I say that Some of the veterans, you know, uh, grab you by the hand and say, come on, Mike, you're rolling with us, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> and you found yourself in a situation where was, you were overwhelmed. But at the same time, just like in baseball, your first after you got that first pitch out the way, you were ready to party.
2: <laughs> yes, I remember oh, Pedro Guerrero took me one time after come back from uh Pittsburgh. He goes, plane landed, it was like, I don't know, eleven thirty at night, and he's like, You're coming with me. I was like, What? Pedro Guerrero, I'm coming with you. <laughs> I was like, All right then. I mean,
1: and, and, I was, uh, like, don't stop there. Tell us what happened. Let's, no, let's dive no, into the <laughs>
2: I'll give you the PG version of it. Uh, <laughs> we're driving like 105 miles now down the freeway, get pulled over, and the cop looked at Pedro and apologized to him for pulling him over. So,
0: <laughs> see, that's that's where you got that juice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's the real that's, deal, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and, you know, speaking of that, I mean, baseball is is a cool game. You know, uh, I've never seen a sport that they will move players faster <laughs> than in baseball. Like, what was it like after, you know, you've been with the Dodgers and then, you know, you transition and they, they trade you to another team?
2: Okay, so, so with the Dodgers, um, obviously they had the best team in, in, in the league, win the World Series in 88. And, our, and, and I still didn't have a spot on the team for the 89 season. But our AAA in Albuquerque for 88, I was up and down, big leagues in Albuquerque. And uh, a lot of guys wanted to get traded because there was no room uh, in LA for everybody. And so a lot of guys were talking to their agents about, you know, moving, getting traded and all that. And I, I didn't say anything again. I didn't know much about the game. I didn't say anything. And I ended up getting traded to Baltimore at spring training of 89 and Baltimore at the time in 88, they had lost the first 21 games of the season. And so they were a horrible team that previous year. So I get traded there in March and people asking me, okay, so you're getting traded from the best team in the game to the worst team in the game. They go, how do you feel about that? And I was like, well, you know, spring training, we hadn't played one game. Who says we're the worst team in the league? And um, Frank Robinson was my manager. And I actually didn't even know I made the team because I, I, you know, they 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 have these cuts, you know, cuts here, cuts there. And it came down the, the last four days of the spring training, and we're flying up to play our last two exhibition games in, in Washington. And I got on the bus. They had like two guys they needed to cut after that. And then there's a bus to Baltimore. And nope, Frank didn't tell me I wasn't on the team. So I snuck on the bus. Next thing you know, I had a uniform and I was on the team. So, so it wasn't like, yeah, mom, I made the team. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I got to Baltimore and just stayed there.
0: But at the same time, you was like, y'all ain't going to cut me. Right, right. <laughs> Right, so you get to Baltimore, you find your stride, though. You know, you you start becoming you know a star in the league and, and being one of the best players on the team. Like, did you find that find your your stride and say, okay, here, I know. Uh, you know, it takes some time to figure it out in, in baseball or any any professional league. Because Prince was telling me, he was like, man, like my third year, he's like, I, I had it, I knew it.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the fact that the, when the Dodgers traded me, that was one of the best things that could happen to me. And then now now I'm under Frank Robinson, who's an idol of mine, and uh, to, to to learn from him. Uh, and and the, way, the way he'd look at you if you struck out or something like that, he'd just drop his head and shake his head like, are you serious, man? And then you'd have to say, man, look at me next time. What do I do next time? So that would hype you. And it got to a point to where I was kind of platooning the first uh, few weeks of the season. Then I started playing every day. And we had a team that's similar to the team that they had this year, where we were the youngest team in the league and we weren't expected to win. And we ended up going all the way down and took second in the league. Almost had, you know, if we would have won our last two games of the season, the last two out of three games of the season, we would have won the league. And so, and, and so we had a really good team. So that was really fun. And I just, it just started, you know, getting routine to me where I could go out there and play and I worked hard. And, and that's just what I did. And that's really where I got the feel for everything is when I was in Baltimore, where it got, you know, everything was cool. You know, Cal was there, you know, all the guys were there and just playing the game.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm like, like you, you learn it from the Iron Man mm-hmm. <laughs> with Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't know anything about these guys. You hear about them. Um, but, but when you go there and you meet them and you see who they are and I'll tell you what, Cal is an exceptional person, you know, and, uh, his brother Billy and his, and his dad senior was also, and it, it was just a thrill. I remember there's a story I can tell you. Uh,
1: <laughs> it, it, it's it wholesome, it's it wholesome. Yeah. Well, not really, but <laughs> we're not we're, anyway. not, we're not a wholesome show though. Right. Right. Tell it anyway. <laughs> tell it anyway. Diego. Um, In
2: spring training, good trade down to Baltimore in spring training. And I'm, I'm out one night in Miami because that's where it was from, from, from uh, where were we at Vero Beach to Miami? That's a whole different uh, story there. So I'm out partying. I get in like, I don't know, three o'clock in the morning. And I end up getting in the elevator and Cal Senior's in the elevator. I'm like, oh, oh, no. And I, he didn't say anything to me because I'm a straight rookie. I'm still a rookie. I still have my rookie status. Or status. And so the next day I go to Bill. I go, Billy, man, your dad saw me in the elevator like three o'clock in the morning. And Billy looked at me and was like, my dad don't give up, bleep. And I was like, oh, really? That's what is. <laughs> And that's the way – that's when it got fun. I was like, oh, I'm a grown man. I can do whatever I want as long as I perform.
0: As, as, as long as you perform. As, as long, long as, as I perform. perform.
1: That's it. That's yep. it. You know, just uh, in, in my locker room, I would see some things – And I realized that the players could get away with anything as long as they perform. As long as you perform. As long as you you can perform. So I was was blown away by everything that everyone does. Everyone has their own vice. And so you have to remember, Mm -hmm. you have all of these these different players, these individuals with different backgrounds, and they have their own vice. And certain things work for certain players don't try to do what they do and think yep. you can perform because <laughs> it's not going to work, you know. Yep. Only they can do that. And I had to realize that early on, right, But because um, I, I saw one of my players, they they were drunk. And then they came in, hot tub, cold tub. Boom! They, they had one of their <laughs> best games. I was like, "What? How?" <laughs> you know, but it, it happens as long as you can perform. Yeah, don't try that at home. <laughs> do
0: not try. Exactly. Do not try it at home. Do not try it at home. <laughs> so so man, you're you're doing doing really well in Baltimore. Your, your team culture's changed. You guys start winning, and then you know the move comes down to to ATL with an, another one team that had, had been historically bad. But what that run <laughs> became one of the most exciting runs in baseball history. Tell me about that, how you got to Atlanta and, and uh, you know, that, that whole magical season.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's a couple seasons or a few seasons in Baltimore during that time that, that really weren't that good. So we were kind of down. And it's, it's really sad for the city when your team's not doing it well also. So in 95, uh, we had that strike in 94, which they didn't play the World Series or anything like that, which was horrible. And so I was a free agent at the time and got traded to, uh, to uh, Chicago, to the White Sox. And halfway through that season, I remember we were in Toronto and uh, no cell phones at the time. So this is way back. And there's a light was flashing on my hotel, <laughs> on my hotel phone. <laughs> and so I picked up the phone and there's a message on there that said, get to the stadium now. It's like 1130 in the morning. And I was like, oh, I'm traded because there's no reason for me. I didn't do anything. I knew I wasn't in trouble. And uh, I was like, you know, why would I need me at the stadium? Sure enough, I get to the stadium, and uh, Terry Bevington was the manager, and Terry goes, you're traded to Atlanta. And at at that time, I was in the process of moving to Atlanta. And he's like, aren't you moving there? I was like, yep. And he goes, you're going to Atlanta. Go to see the trainers, and you'll have your ticket. So by, what, 3 o'clock that afternoon, I was on a flight to Chicago. They are playing against the Cubs. And so I get to Chicago. And uh, that evening, you got Maddox, Moles, you know, Fred McGriff, uh, Grissom, Justice, all these big boys. And I I just walked right in and I I played that day. And uh, I was like, there's a whole different atmosphere going from Chicago, White Sox. We weren't that good to Atlanta and seeing the, you know, the personality of these guys and the, the confidence of these guys. And how, you know, everybody goes about the business the same way, but a winning team. Because they've been winning since the early 90s. They just hadn't won the World Series, but they've been winning. And to see these guys and how, how they are working. And uh, Maddox threw that day, and the game was like an hour and 52 minutes. I didn't even know what to do after that because he just shut him down. And I was, like, very impressed with that. But I was really excited because I called my dad when I got traded, and I said, you know what, I'm going to the World Series again this year. So, and that's before we, you know, I just knew, I just knew Atlanta was going to be that good. And, uh, now that, that was a whole, di- that, that changed everything at Atlanta. Man, that's when I met you during that time.
1: Yeah,
0: that's it. That's, that's, that's when the ride started. We're going to jump right into that. I, I, I want that hold on, hold on. I, I just want to go back over that. So ahead, the just is that before we get into that. Uh, he got a call at eleven thirty. He said, "Get to the stadium." <laughs> he said he was on a plane at three thirty and played that same day. Played the same day. Like how? It, baseball yeah. is cold. Like, hey, pack your stuff up. Yeah, let's go.
1: And, and you're playing tonight. Like, huh? Like, yeah. I, but I haven't even met my teammates yet. Like, nope.
0: <laughs> so yeah. And you know, I, I,
2: was, I was sponsored by Nike, and also they had all my shoes, the right color, all my gloves, and everything. Like overnight, they had everything in my dug and my locker in Chicago. <laughs>
1: Oh That's, what? That's, That's crazy. so crazy! Like, so what's going on in your mind? Because as a football player, you get traded. All right, you, you go and meet the team. You're not playing that night. Maybe you know, you know, you go and meet the team. You're probably playing that week, but not that same day. So, what's going right. on in your head? Like, are, are you? It's not like the rookie season, like, oh, my goodness, I'm overwhelmed. This is new. But it's more so like this is a new team. Like, how do I fit in? Do you have those thoughts or do you just say, shoot, it's time to go play ball?
2: Yeah. Well, the thing is, with baseball, probably about my fourth, fifth year in the big leagues, there's at least one person on every team that somewhere down the line of baseball I played with on the same team. And so it's not like you know everybody. Like i would never met Maddox or those guys, but you watch, you hear about them, you watch them play, and they do the same for you. So you kind of know each other in that sense. So when you, get, when you get there, the routines are the same for every team, whether you're on the road or whether you're at home. You know, the, 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 the itinerary for what you do that day, uh, as far as the time you hit, the time you're in the cages, the time you're supposed to be on the field, all those times are really the same in every park. And uh, so that wasn't an issue. Now – is an issue there was an issue, but as far as how I felt, I knew that it was a winning team, so it meant more to how I did than on a losing team, even though I always played my best. Don't get me wrong. But it was more or less a, a step up to how I felt that I needed to play um, to keep this team winning and to be part of an actual team that's going to be there and is expected to win the World Series.
0: Yeah, Frenchman. Now you can go ahead and start asking your questions about the, the 95 in Atlanta and Atlanta and all those questions that you got here. No, no, no. Go ahead no, and no. start <laughs> asking ask some questions. But here, here's the context. I've never seen a city that was more on fire for a baseball team. Like you know you would see that for like a team that's for football or something. Basketball. Especially, yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta was a transient place. And you know you had a lot of new people coming there, but the city was on fire for the Braves, man. It was crazy.
1: On fire for the Braves. What about the Olympics as well? I mean, right. like yeah. Atlanta was popping, baby. It was hot yeah, Atlanta. Yeah. It, it was a happening time back
2: then. I'm saying <laughs> what? Yeah, Olympics were coming. The Olympics came in '96, and uh, at that at that time, you know, there had never been a championship team in the city. So uh, we're the first champions of the city, and uh, I mean everybody was happy. The whole city was happy. Mm. I mean, it, it was it, it was a lot of
1: fun, right, Ray? Right, <laughs> a lot,
0: a lot, of fun, a lot of fun. All
1: right, all right, all right. So let's dig into that. Let's jump into that real quick because you 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 you're in different. You're in you're in L.A. Mm-hmm. and you have you have parties in L.A. and sometimes th- there's a saying, "No more parties in L.A." because the parties are outlandish. <laughs> and then you go to Baltimore and you, you you're winning there and. You, I'm pretty sure you had there were some parties in Baltimore but then you get to Atlanta and like you said you're the first major league winning team in Atlanta and now what was the party like there and well okay so I'm not gonna say like what was the party like there but what what will I say is what was the celebration like and and what type of story do you have did you have another 105? Uh, going down the highway, the police officer apologizing to you. What type of story? Can you give us a story? And you knew Ray at that time, so like, like open up, baby. Let's go. We going in. This the best podcast. Well, well, <laughs> well, in in LA, in
2: LA, I was I was I was young. I was a rookie, and I really didn't kind of know. And I kind I kind of like didn't go out that much, you know, because I really wasn't sure. I I grew up in Baltimore, baseball wise. And uh, and then when I when I got to Atlanta, I was I was pretty much a, a veteran, in a way, and uh, in a city that I loved anyway, because I, <laughs> I was I was getting ready to move there, so I loved the city anyway. I loved you know how young everybody was, and I was up and coming, and uh, uh, and we played hard. I remember we wouldn't <laughs> even go. We we what'd we say, Ray? We we went out like a hundred days in a row, or
0: a hundred days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> <How you laughs> like, I used it. I started have to count after a while. I was like, man, how do we are we staying up? And
2: this? We wouldn't leave the house until after midnight.
0: <laughs> yeah, see, that's
2: the thing. Because if you left too early, there'd be too much time because the bars, the clubs didn't close until like four o'clock. Wow. Yeah. So if you went out at 10 o'clock, that's a long time.
1: Yeah.
2: So yeah, we hang out at the church. house and yeah. then uh, we we do we have to do there, and we got out. Remember, I was driving down 400, got pulled over and uh unfortunately we weren't in good shape and uh I was like I'm going to jail tonight
0: <laughs> we yeah we, we had a couple we had a couple sodas in the car
2: yeah yeah and uh I got I got out had a breathalyzer and the cop was like you can't drink too many more tonight have fun i was
1: like oh well that was a real fun night that night <laughs> Whoa, man! <laughs> yeah. Hey, so when you have so, moments like that, because I've, I've had moments like that where, you, you know, the cop is like, all right, well have a good one. You know, why, why, why didn't you tell me you were so-and-so? I was like, I didn't know that it would work. <laughs> <laughs> I never said that. I have to say, you know,
2: it, uh, it was that Tongue and Groove. Oh,
0: yeah, we were t- out. Tongue and Tungy Groove. groove Tutu Tango. Yeah, because <laughs> Buckethead was popping. So we would, Bunk, yeah. we would go down there and just walk straight through the door. And they, knew, they had our drinks ready, everything. So everything yeah, was all same. Everything was ready. Everything was ready. But, but, but we called ourselves staying in shape. And when you go to Depot House at the beginning, like we'd be drinking beer. And whoever was last, you got to do push-ups. Yeah. So right. <laughs> once, you, once you tap out, you got to do push-ups. So yeah, that, we did a lot of damn push-ups.
2: Yeah, that that tap game, a tap game, old razor sharp, missed half, missed half the Super Bowl one day, right? <laughs>
0: yeah. Green Bay, yeah, the right. Super Bowl, we really? got, it got rough. What happened? Let's let's I, go into that. I, I, look, tap game, it got dirty, right? So we would drink the bud like so blood was it, right, and then we like once you're done, you tap out. But then people get mad of losing, so you start drinking faster. <laughs> All of a sudden. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, that, that half went, went by real yeah. fast. I was on the couch sleep. <laughs> yeah. So the last person, if you tap out, if you
2: finish your beer, you tap out and everybody else has four minutes to finish their beer. And the last person to finish has to get another beer. Mm. And if you don't finish in four minutes, there's, a, there's, a, there's an out. Mm. So if you have too much to drink, if you don't finish in four minutes, that's all cool, but you can't have another beer for an hour. A lot of people don't like not to have a beer put out, But then people get pissed off and said, "Man, what would you make me drink for?" So they'll chug a beer, tap out, and then it starts rolling. And the next thing you know, Ray sleep on the couch in the second half of
0: the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was it was a competition, man, so you couldn't hang, right? Nah, man, no, <laughs> I could. That was that was a rough day. That was a rough day. That was fun though. That was
1: fun. oh man, that's awesome. So now. You, you both are in, in Atlanta. How, 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 long, how long was your, your, your run in Atlanta, Mike? I
2: ran in at Atlanta for a, little, a little over two months, almost three months.
1: Oh, okay. so it wasn't
2: very long. But I stayed. I lived in Atlanta, so I, I stayed there.
1: Okay, okay. So, so
2: After that, so- I ended up going back to Baltimore mm-hmm. in 96. Yeah. And then I went to the Rangers, Texas Rangers in 97. Mm-hmm. And then I finished up back with the Dodgers in 98. And I finished mm-hmm. my career in 98 with the Dodgers.
1: Nice. So, how, how how was that? How how was that uh, making making it back to the inception, and 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 you know leaving on that note. How was how how was it reconnecting with the Dodgers, with the team that that drafted you?
2: The Dodgers are are an incredible organization. I mean, so is Baltimore and Atlanta, of course. But the Dodgers, obviously, they drafted me, so uh, you know, I, I definitely enjoy them for that. Now, I was playing uh, winter ball in Venezuela in 97, and I didn't have a team. So uh, I ended up seeing if I could have a tryout with L.A. And that was uh, February of 98. And I was there for probably about an hour for the tryout, and they signed me on the spot. And so, so, you know, I respect L.A. for not only drafting me, but trading me as a rookie to a team I could play on. And then without, it, without me having a team, they they signed me back. And uh, I didn't finish that season out, but I respect them for that, for what they've done for me in the game of baseball. Mm. And I, I feel I'm pretty blessed in this game because I played for the Dodgers and they have all those uh, veterans there. You know, uh, Sandy Koufax with the batting practice. And, and uh, um, you had... Uh, Oh, my goodness, I'm drawing a blank. But there's so many. And then I get then I go to Baltimore. You have those guys there, Frank Robinson and Brooke Robinson and Palmer. And then up going to Atlanta and, and playing there and then back to L.A. So the game was pretty good to me.
1: That's good. So since the game was pretty good to you, did you feel feel like you left on your own terms or did you feel like you still had some play in you and um, but you were let go? Uh, I felt I still had some play. <laughs> I yeah. mean,
2: I, I think the ideal, you know, you have Cabrera this year. And, you know, obviously, the super, super, superstars, you know, those are the guys that kind of get out on their own. And, you know, they have the farewell tour around the country and all that. Um, I, I understood the the money side of it uh, then. And uh, the minimum wage when I started playing was 65000 And when I left the game it was probably like 200000 and I'll right. say, you know, I'd tell them things like, you know what, I'll take the minimum wage, <laughs> grab me some pom-poms and be on a bench. You know, but, but under the circumstances, of how many years I had, they'd have to pay me millions.
1: Mm-hmm. And then
2: there's rookies that they, you know, could play minimum to. Mm-hmm. And when the numbers started, you know, I was the one out. And I remember mm-hmm. Billy Russell, who I played with for the Dodgers in uh, 87 and 88, was my manager. And uh, I remember him coming up to me and, and, and telling me that, that they're letting me go. And uh, I knew it. Paul Canerco was the rookie that they're bringing up. And uh, he was in spring training, and they were waiting on him. And, and I was the oldest guy on the team. I was the odd man out, and I kind of saw it coming. So I, 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 I felt that I could still play. I was still really in good shape, but uh, that's the way it goes.
1: Man, I would have threw a fit. I would have like, yo, mother, <laughs> shut your <laughs> mouth, you know. <laughs> I still got <laughs> playing me. I'll come up
0: Keep, and, you keep your respect around the league, man. Right, so, right. So before before we wrap up, B-O, we want to talk, talk about, you know, really quickly about the, uh, you know, the playoffs right now with, with the Braves and the Dodgers. And, and who do you think can actually make a comeback and actually uh, make it to the series?
2: Well, you know, I, I got the opportunity to, uh, to play – and, or to coach for Baltimore this spring. So they had me as a guest coach. I was there for the first week of spring training, and I got to know a lot of the guys there, and I was pretty impressed with, with, with um, Brandon Hyde and their coaching staff and, and the players. And I was like, these guys are going to do pretty well this year. And they started doing well the previous season at the end of the season last year. And I told my wife, I was like, you know what? I'm 100% Baltimore Orioles. And so they had a great season, incredible season. So they get the playoffs, Dodgers get the playoffs, Braves get the playoffs, Rangers get the playoffs. I have four teams I played with in the playoffs. And so Dodgers or Orioles are the ones I you know I, I felt that I wanted to win. They were my team. And they got swept. And then uh, <laughs> LA gets swept. <laughs> <laughs> and then Texas beat Orioles, so they're still in it, but that's a team I spent the least amount of time with. And then the Braves, uh geez, they 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 better do something tonight. So, you know, I hope they're the last hope for the teams I want. And, and that's my son and I's were the Orioles and then the Braves. So uh this tough, you know, with 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 sitting for five days, like the teams that uh, that got the bye, sitting for five days, which you never do during the season. I don't know if that affected them, but I, I it's something different, you know. You play day after day after day, maybe a day off here, a day off there, three days off during All Star break. Now you get five days off and go up against a team that's hot,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and and that's what that's what happened this year for all these guys, you know, that are, that are playing. Mm-hmm. So
0: well, well, now now you, you got you got some young ballers yourself, Devo's those kids are our ballers, man. But what do you what do you see that I mean? You you see like yeah, like being a sports dad. Sometimes you can say, I see my kid can be really good." But the actually knowing and seeing your kid prosper, what is that like?
2: Yeah. So you know, my son Michael, when I had him, I was like, "Okay, I cannot wait to play catch with this dude. I can't wait." And I remember when he was like two or one, he's still in diapers. I was coaching minor league ball. He would grab a bat and get on the tee and put the ball on the tee and hit it. He couldn't even talk yet. And he's swinging left hand. I'm like, this dude's left-handed? So I'm playing catch with him. But when they're that young, when, they're first, when they first start playing catch with them, you got to be careful because you can't throw it to where they have to get out of the where, where it could hit them. You have to throw it on the side. And, uh, you know, I hit off his head a few times. He's crying. <laughs> but, but it happens. I taught him that you're going to get hurt in this game. No matter what, you're going to get hurt. And you got to take it. You got to take it. So now he's 12 now and he's a stud. Um, he plays outfield, center field, mainly first base and he, and he pitches and, and he can hit. He can hit. And so now I can throw, he throws better than me now. I can't throw as far as him now. Mm. So, but, uh, but it's so fun. And, and my wife is like, oh, he's going to be in the big leagues. He's going to be in the big leagues. And do I hope? Yes, I want him to be in the big leagues, but I know it's not that easy. I mean, Everything in football, any sport, any sport, you know, it's, it's just not handed to you. Everything has to go right. You know, you have to have uh, the right coaches. Uh, some coaches will make you quit. Um, you have to stay healthy. You know, you have to have the middle uh, attitude. Yeah, there's, there's so much that has to go right for you to make it. And a lot of things went right for me, and I know it. But it's not like I'm good, I'll make it. it it's never that way. <laughs> it's never that way. There's so much more involved in it. Right,
1: oh, the, the, he's
2: good yeah. enough, but is he? I, I really, I'm trying to teach him. Damn. Right,
1: the only thing that you can do as a father is, uh, uh build that sailboat, and yep. when it's time for the wind to blow, put the sail out there and let it do its thing. So,
0: absolutely, right. I'm putting out there. I'm, I'm waiting to see my nephew in the big leagues. I'm, I'm getting my tickets already. <laughs> yeah.
1: so, right. That's gonna be awesome, man. I'm looking forward to that. Look, we gotta wrap it up. We. But We got to have a part two, man, because hey, <laughs> I, I felt I, that Mike and Ray were holding got, back. Got, just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's
0: time to wrap it up, man. It's time to oh, so go. So, we got to do it's a part two. man. You said it's not a family
1: show, or it is <laughs> a family show? It's not. I mean, it's not. It's, it's, but, it's, it's not a family show. And so, <laughs> so you know, we can go PG 13. We don't have to go because, I, you know, re- respectfully for our uh, our spouses and everyone else. But we can go PG-13, you know, we don't have to go, P- you know, we will have to go rated R. But I'll just say, it seems like Ray and Mike still have some more stories to tell. And we would love to hear that. I know our audience <laughs> will. So make sure that you stay tuned for part two because we're going to have it pretty soon. <laughs> <But> <laughs> uh, Mike, Mike, where can people find you um, just to say hi? Uh, you know what? I, re- I wish
2: I was more on my dog in my way. Move, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um i do have instagram i got to get more involved in that uh, my son's more involved in it than me but i will definitely uh put that on uh mike devereau I, I think his is mike devereau 12 instagram uh have my facebook what about yours which one is yours I don't know,
0: dude. I got (laughs) no. Just just look it up. Look, look on my my page. You'll find them. Find on my. I'll figure it
2: out. I'll figure it out one
1: day. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, man. That's. That's that's what it's about, man. Well, after if you wasn't born into this, this social media era, man, it's like, why, why am I getting involved? I'm, yeah. I'm <laughs> older, man. <laughs> I live my Don't life. Put all that
0: information out there. Right? Yeah, yeah you're right. Exactly. My son
2: And I want it for my son and my daughter plays tennis. So and, uh, you know, I want them that he understands it more than me. So he's already got his page and he's got stuff on it and all that. They'll probably if people pull my name up. They'll be his. Mm. And uh has him going deep and all that. So.
1: like man, he looks good, man. <laughs> man. He that's looks young, young, man. Look how young. That's, he right. <laughs> all right, that's hey. cool, man. Look, in, any final words for uh your list, the, the listeners, or what advice would you give your younger self?
2: <sighs> my younger self, and I try to give this advice to my son, is uh to stay positive. Uh never never believe that you can't get better and no matter, no matter what it is, no matter what you do, um, doesn't have to be an athlete or, or whatever, no matter what you do, you know, always strive to be better. And, uh, that you can always learn. You can always learn from people. Never let anybody bring you down. So
1: mic drop on that one, Ray. (laughs) That was a mic drop. Look, Mike Devo. Thank you so much for joining us. Like I said, Uh, The soccer continues. (laughs) We're going to have a part two. You already know. (laughs) It was great, man. We love your energy. Thank you for staying young and doing the incredible things that you've done to pave the way for your successors. Uh, uh, We're looking forward to having you back on the best podcast uh, in 2023 ringside with Ray Leonard and Prince Daniels. Look, Ray, as we always say before we get out, peace
2: and power, y'all. All How'd right, Prince, Razor Sharp, appreciate
0: it, fellas. Good seeing hey. you, though. All, All right, right. thanks, D, <laughs> Thank you. you got to give a lot just to get what you need sometimes, y'all. Give me the bridge now. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back Podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us, from renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back Podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed.
2: Electricast, transform your influence.
0: Electricast. Electricast.